What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. Every day on the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast, we discuss faith, spirituality, and the realms of paranormal. Today is no different. I'm sharing Jesus' seven polarizing teachings that will completely wreck you. This is episode 363. It's the same forward as backwards. That means it's a palindrome number. Love me some palindrome numbers. Big fan of them. Um, I don't know why. I just like them. I like that it's 363, 363, both ways. It's really cool. Always look for stuff like that. So I normally try like whenever we hit like interesting numbers on this. So like when we hit 369, 369, I'm going to do a Tesla episode, right? We're going to talk about Nikola Tesla. Today, we're talking about Jesus 363. Uh, 33 on either end there. I mean, you know, I love the numbers, guys. So we got a great episode for you today. If you're willing to buckle up, come on in. Hopefully it's lunchtime where you're at. Thought I'd try something different right now around the holidays, schedules, and, and all the stuff, right? So for today, I really wanted to get into this whole idea. What's up, Shelly? How are you doing? Shelly says, yay, I get to have lunch and learn today. Thank you so much, my friend, Shelly. Uh, love you, my friend. I hope you're having a beautiful day. Good to see you, too. Um, I've got, I've prepared seven polarizing teachings of Jesus that will completely wreck you. And I've said that about four or five times now, because I honestly think guys, if you understand what I'm saying today, this is going to, you're going to take off your religious hat. You're going to take off your dogmatic hat. You're going to take off your, you know, whatever and, and go, wait a minute. Okay. Something, something ain't right here. Uh, Jesus was talking about something that we need to talk about. He was talking about something that we're not taught. He was talking about something that you will not hear in church. Okay. Uh, this is going to be a very esoteric view of this today. Not religious at all. I am not religious. I, I, I was a Christian for many, many, many years of my life, 30 plus years. Um, while I was a Christian, I was the worst person I knew. Um, it wasn't until I deconstructed that I finally found peace. I finally found what I believe to be actually God. I finally found what I believe to be the actual teachings of Jesus. Um, and I finally found the actual power that's supposed to come with, you know, what he taught. Right. Um, so for myself, uh, you know, it's like, uh, it's yin and yang, you know, it's night and day difference from who I was when I was an identifying Christian uh, to who I am now. Um, and it doesn't mean that I was, you know, doing anything horrible or anything, but I just, I had so many struggles and it wasn't because of like persecution because, oh, I was a Christian and I had persecution. It was just like, I had things like, you know, I was a borderline alcoholic. I was depressed all the time. I was very overweight. I really did not like myself at all, much less love myself. I was trying to serve something outside of myself. Uh, yeah, ex born again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Dawson says I've gone down a similar path. Really cool to hear. I'm not alone, man. You are not alone. In fact, the movement is building. I was one of the first few people, uh, by the grace of God to kind of jump on this and just be authentic starting back in 2020. Uh, I lost a lot of stuff because of that, including a business, including contracts, including, uh, you know, my, what I thought my life was going to be as, you know, a professional marketer and agency owner. Um, I've 
been through all the Ty Lopez stuff and Grant Cardone and uh, big 10x guy. I love the 10x movement. Still am 10x. Go look at my channel, guys. I put more content out in the last year than most people have in 10 years. Uh, we put out literally thousands and thousands of hours of content we've put out. Uh, and I say we, it's me, right? You know, we, the royal we here. Um, not patting myself on the back. I'm just saying I believed in this and I'm like, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to go all in on this. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Sharing my truth. Doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't mean I'm your guru. Doesn't mean I'm building any kind of new tradition or religion or anything. It just means I'm being a hundred percent authentic with what I'm doing here in the best way that I can every single day. So Gary, thanks for joining my friend. Uh, Lewis says, Hey brother, how are you doing? J uh, JJ says, uh, we're our own worst enemy. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I mean, that, that was the biggest problem for me. Like, you know, get out of your own way. Like that's the highest, uh, achievement for a lot of people in their life just to get out of your own way. Right. Um, Nobella, thanks for joining the pursuit of truth has led us here. Amen. My friend. Amen. So amongst the numerous statements that Jesus is quoted as saying, the following statements are some of the most controversial, uh, when taken in the context of reframing the idea of belief, these statements become piercing to the human soul, especially when detached from religion. Again, I'm detaching this from religion today. If you're here to be religious or debate, you know, well, no, the gospel is this or Jesus did this or whatever, you know, or the death, burial, resurrection, whatever. I'm not interested in that whatsoever. OK, uh, I don't care if he walked the earth. I don't care if he was crucified. I don't care if he rose from the dead. That's all really cool, but it doesn't make any difference to me in light of his message. Okay. If they unalived him for the message, totally makes sense. I mean, it makes sense that they would do that, right? He came against every construct, religious, economic. He came against the political construct, everything. Everything he taught was a complete dismantling and deconstruction of everyone's belief systems. Everyone's BS was dismantled BS belief systems through the teachings of Jesus. And whoever you say he is does not matter to me. If if he's your personal savior, great. If he's your brother, great. For me, he's my brother, okay? He's my brother incarnate in this world. I'm a part of the Christ, the Christ light body, the massive, supermassive intelligence of the universe. I believe you are too. I don't believe we needed a singular flesh and blood person to be unalived in our place. That's called blood magic. I'm not into that, okay? We have Roman paganization that is latent all through the Gospels. And if you take all of that out and you preserve his teachings exclusively, you get what's called sayings Gospels or sayings uh, teachings of Jesus. And to me, that's where the bread and butter is. That's where the love is. That's where the truth is. Um, and by the way, his teachings are nearly identical to Krishna and Buddha. If you actually know how to break them down, if you just put them on paper and you don't understand any of them, no, there's not a direct correlation. However, when you understand the essence, you understand what Buddha was saying, what Krishna was saying, then you start to go, oh, 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 okay. That's what Jesus was saying. Like, like, wow. Okay. Um, and so I wanted to share uh, a really, really great quote from the Bhagavad Gita today. Uh, just before we get going here, just I want to prove to everybody I'm not here to be religious. I'm not here to, you know, sell anybody on Jesus. For me, he's my brother. He's like the the highest, you know, ascended master understanding 
And so like, I really, really dig the teachings of Jesus because I think that there's such a polarizing thing that rather than just get rid of them, what they did was just laced a lot of information in there and a lot of distractions and a lot more dogma. And it, it just really muddies up the waters to the potency of the teachings of Jesus. If you just distill his words into core teachings, the potency of those are enough, I believe, for any human being to ascend to a higher level of consciousness. So um, the Bhagavad Gita uh, talks about uh, Krishna returning. And I think this is where it gets really, really interesting. I got to find this here. I had it a minute ago and I meant to put it in the description. So my apologies. Uh, Where did it go? Uh, Yeah. Okay. The Bhagavad Gita from uh, four colon seven in the, in the Gita If you've never read the Bhagavad Gita and you like the mystical teachings of Jesus or you like Gnosticism or you like the Gospel of Thomas or you're just going, wait a minute, what was this Jesus really about? I highly recommend reading the Bhagavad Gita. It is pretty easy to read. Yes, there are words in there that are seemingly outdated and culturally um, without any meaning here in the United States uh, because there are words used in there that if you are not of uh, an Indian descent, if you are not of uh, an Eastern uh, mystic tradition, that you have no idea what they mean. However, all you have to do is copy, paste, Google it, and you'll understand. Oh, okay, Dharma is this. Oh, okay, this is the you know, and you just just plug in the words, do a little bit of light research, and it'll completely, completely rework your understanding of who Jesus was and what he was actually teaching. Now, am I saying that Jesus was teaching Hinduism? No. Am I saying that Krishna was teaching Christianity? No, I'm not saying anything like that. I'm saying that I think in all of the world traditions, we've completely missed the mark. We've adopted the religiosity rather than the essence of the teaching, because I don't believe any of these people, whether you view them as characters, archetypes, people, prophets, whatever. I don't believe any of them from Buddha, Krishna, Jesus were coming to create a religious tradition. I believe that they literally came to set people free and we have traded freedom for more chains more dogma more doctrine big gnosticism fan dawson says good for you brother i am too um so in this krishna is talking about um he's talking to arjuna and in the bhagavad-gita he says whenever there is decline in righteousness and an increase in unrighteousness at that time i manifest myself on earth now what i love about this guys what i love about this is just the truth behind it right like we we know that like anytime there's like a rough time on earth there's always truth bringers there's always enlightened beings that are seemingly incarnated we call them star seeds Uh, We call them, you know, uh, old souls. We call them, um, you know, psychics even, right? You know, there's that whole TV show, Psychic Kids or whatever. You know, the problem is, is we don't nurture them as, oh, wow, this this kid is spiritual. Like, let's let's give him time and space to be spiritual and develop these abilities. No, we try to put them right back into a system, right, that just washes that away and says, no, 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 conform, 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 fit in this mold, fit in this mold, right? What's up, Chris? Chris says, hello from work. Thank you, brother, for being here. Have I ever studied the myth of Adapa? Lewis says, yes. In fact, we did about... I think we did about a week on that, maybe seven or eight episodes on the myth of Adapa so far. 
uh, got a lot more to come. I mean, there's so much to cover. We went, we, you know, kind of skimmed through the whole thing. Um, I've done about, I think nine, maybe eight or nine of the core Sumerian, Babylonian and Akkadian myths, which are super relevant to understanding where the old Testament came from, by the way. Uh, if you want to wreck your, uh, comfort zone, go read the Sumerian, uh, myths and understand, uh, the connection between those and like the book of Genesis and, uh, even the larger collection of the old Testament. And it really will blow your mind and go, wait a minute. Uh, all of this is kind of coming from one source, uh, even like Norse mythology and stuff like, you know, you can really trace a lot of these things back to Sumer, to the ancient Mesopotamian myths. And it's pretty wild. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Wendy, go wreck your comfort zone. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, how do you know you had a good night's sleep? You look at your bed and it's wrecked, right? You know, your covers are all balled up and your pillows are on the floor. You know, that's how you know you had a good night's sleep, right? Same thing with your comfort zone. You got to wreck your comfort zone to know you're using it well. What's the point of a comfort zone if you don't get out of it and then have a place to go back to, right? Um, what's the point of a bed if it always looks perfect, right? You know, you're not actually in it. You're not actually using it, right? Um, and so for myself, I think a lot of people have just nested in their comfort zones and they never get out of them because, well, what if it wrecks it? You know, well, I'm in it now. I need to stay there. No, no, no. Just get out of it. You can always go back, right? You know, most of us that get out of the comfort zone, we don't go back. There's no point in it. You know, you're like, well, I'll just make another comfort zone here. I'll develop another comfort zone. Now that I've transcended the original one, I'm going to develop another one. And then I'm going to get outside of that one. It's like making a new camp every time you're traveling up a mountain, okay? You got to take it with you. You got to take the comfort zone with you. You're not trying to build a house. You're taking a tent with you. If you're a sojourner, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're a starseed, indigo, light worker, mystic, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You put that stuff up on your backpack you hoof it up that mountain, you keep going, right? Comfort zones always hold you back, uh, Maribel says. Absolutely, my friend. Uh, Living Accordion, thank you so much for checking in. Always a joy to tune in, dear brother. Thank you so much, my friend. Uh, really appreciate you being here. Tony Wood says, love it. And so I love this scripture. This is just one of my favorite Bhagavad Gita quotes. Like, you know, this is like tattoo this one on you. You know, not that, that you should. I'm not saying go do that. But I just mean like, you know, tattoo it on your heart. Whenever there is decline in righteousness and an increase in unrighteousness, at that time I manifest myself on earth. Who thinks it's time for Krishna to manifest again? Uh, you know, I do. Um, you know, maybe he's here right now. Maybe he's manifesting you. Maybe you just need to wake up, right? Maybe, maybe those thoughts and feelings you have of like, I need to get rid of all this BS belief system. I need to step outside my comfort zone. I need to speak my truth. Maybe that's your Krishna call. Maybe that's your Christ call. By the way, did you ever notice the similarity between Krishna and Christ, both of which are the anointed? Like, do we understand that at this point, finally? Um, I know I finally do. It's taken me years to go, wait a minute. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Krishna just said he's going to come back in any time where there is unrighteousness. Look at exactly exactly what Jesus did. He dropped right into the time and place when unrighteousness was abounding, when they were literally charging people for salvation. They were literally 
getting people to pay to unalive animals. Okay. Like tell me how that makes any sense. Right. I'm not trying to come against anybody's tradition here. All love and respect. I'm just saying they had literally built an entire economy on the fact that people were scared and they didn't want to be thrown into Gehenna, into the fiery pit, into the underworld of H E L uh, the old way, right. You know, of understanding that, um, they were trying to be right with God and Jesus taught something completely different, did not put it in, um, the scriptures today that I'm using, but I do, um, I do want to address when Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. That right there, most people don't know when he uses the word his righteousness, he is not talking about being right with God as the old way defined it. Okay, Jesus completely redefined what it meant to be right with God. Dreamstar, what are you doing, my friend? Welcome. I hope you're having a beautiful, beautiful day, my friend. So glad to see you. Emmanuel equals God with us. We're still uh, do the low here and low there trying to personify. Absolutely, my friend. Absolutely. So when Jesus was saying, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, first off, kingdom is Basalia. That actually does not mean a physical place. It means his um, the rule or reign of God. So you're supposed to seek the rule or reign of God within you. Okay, I'm seeking God's authority within me. Boom, mic drop, guys. Okay, I'm not seeking to be right with some sky daddy. I'm seeking the reign of God, my Godhood within me, and his righteousness. What is that righteousness? The word used that Jesus actually uses in the Greek there, uh, and of course, he probably spoke it in Aramaic. I, I get that. But uh, in the Greek, as it was recorded, what is actually uh, being said there is the equity, the equality, uh, the equitable nature of God, seeing all things as one seeing all things as one. Um, and that, guys, that's that might be one of the most controversial sayings of Jesus because nobody knows what it means. Like it mean, you know, we have no idea what that means. And it's one of the hardest um hardest things to come across, right? Um, when you go, wait a minute, I don't need to be right with a deity. I need to become like that deity. I need to adopt that deity as the self, right? Uh, that's a whole different level, guys. That's a whole different level. Uh, and I'm looking for another quote. I think I had it up here. I was doing a lot of research for today. Um, let's see. Da, da, da. It was from Krishna again. Um yeah, fix your mind on me, be devoted to me, offer service to me, bow down to me, and you shall certainly reach me. Uh, and if we understand that too, it's not like, you know, oh, great Lord, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like it's becoming that Lord, right? It's uh, reaching and attaining that God realization, right? Uh, and that's one of the hardest things that we will go through is because we're all looking for a deity outside of the self. And when we realize maybe that's not what it's all about. It becomes really disturbing. Well, what is this all about then? Is there even anything out there to look after me? And then you realize that that thing is within me, right? And it's not something you're looking for outside of yourself. Um, it's something that is already there within you. And you just contact that 
divinity within you and it becomes like oh wait a minute um it was there all along right it's like a lost treasure um let's see i swear i had another quote from krishna um about equitable behavior towards all animals all plants all people it was beautiful beautiful quote um i don't know what i did with it i did a lot of uh a lot of research today and i guess it's not on this page so i don't know i don't know where um he who does not follow the wheel of creation set going at the beginning of creation sinful and sensual he lives in pain um and of course that's talking about living out of passion versus the good there's there's a bunch of different uh within like hinduism you have ignorance and passion and good and ignorance you don't want to live in ignorance you don't want to just ignore it um you don't want to live in passion because you just do stuff because you're like oh i was moved to do this and then you have to deal with the ramifications later on right uh and if you're living out of the good then you're equitable you're thought uh, oriented you make decisive decisions based on uh being here now right being present in the moment so don't seek it claim it if you seek you will continue seeking absolutely mary bell amen my friend absolutely so um yeah those are some those are some really crazy concepts to just to get into for this one um because again they all they all pretty well tie in to each other if you look at buddha krishna and jesus and i almost did this one on buddha krishna and jesus but i didn't really know a good way to title that so i'm just kind of touching on the similarities between them today and then we're just going to focus exclusively on jesus teachings here so um so i think that is all um really really important for us to understand especially if you're deconstructing go read the bhagavad gita go read the dhammapada go read the gospel of thomas and be ready for your mind to be blown right so dream star says the wheel is no joke but it's the timepiece of this world of reality it's temporary not real absolutely absolutely somebody was asking in our community the other day and I'm, i don't want to call anybody out i won't name names or anything but they were talking about like are there any rules that can be broken when it comes to spirituality and i'm going to be um i'm going to be talking about this on some shorter videos um one of like the philosophies that alistair crowley stumbled upon um is do what thou wilt and it basically is the idea that there's nothing off the table right and even paul talked about um you know all things are permissible for those who are in christ right those are in the chrism consciousness that are in the krishna consciousness that are in the light body of christ right all things are permissible if you can if you can do it while being in that right like you can't go unalive your neighbor and be like i'm in christ i'm i loved my neighbor you know no 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 that's that doesn't work that way like you have to be in it like all things are permissible within that but not everything is profitable okay like it may not be good for you to go smoke a pack of cigarettes right uh but it's permissible like it, it's not like you know oh, you broke the you broke the rule and you smoked on sunday you know no 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 it's like it's all permissible right but it's not all profitable. And I do like, I think what he stumbled upon, he took way too far, right? Like uh, if you study Aleister Crowley at all, he took that philosophy like, and just ran with it and was like, I'm going to try everything, even if it's like downright evil. 
so he i don't believe he was like in the christ light body he was in his own ego right and did whatever he wanted um and used these magic skills and stuff that he had learned uh for well essentially for some really dark things later on um just like any great movement it can start out pure with like this revelation and then it can get dark really quick so uh yeah i think he just let himself go nuts wendy says yeah uh dreamstar says love that question but the only rules are those you subscribe to uh the still small voice is your guide exactly and and dreamstar that's exactly what i responded um over on our platform we have a private community if anybody's interested i'll talk more about that here in a little bit um fantastic place to explore your own mythos your own set of agreements uh that's what i said you know it's uh it's what you agree to what do you agree to you know uh do you agree you're breaking a rule of the universe or some spiritual co code of conduct uh only what you agree to um and uh what is it i can't remember what gnostic gospel it is uh, but Jesus literally said, stop giving yourself more laws, like you, lest you be bound by them, like quit speaking them because you're binding yourself in agreement to them. And one of the questions around this in our community was, um, you know, you're born and you're given a social security number and all these things. You're born already into this beast system, by the way. Yeah. Big hint. It's already here. You're in it. Okay. So like, how do you escape from that? And remember that Jesus taught to be in the world, but not of the world, like render unto Caesar, like pay your dues, do what you have to do to function and survive within this realm, but transcend it with your mind, transcend it with your actual code of conduct, the way you handle yourself, rise above the way every other person on this planet does things. You know, when you drive, drive with love. That doesn't mean drive with both middle fingers, kid rocking everyone around you. That means drive with love, right? How do you drive with love? Well, if you can't drive with love, maybe stay home that day, right? If you can't go and better humanity, then you're not in it. You're not in the Christ light body, right? And we all have those days. I get it. There are days I go around, I just want to kid rock everybody, right? But I have to go, okay, it's time. I got to go out to the canyon. Daddy needs a walk right now. Like, that's what I have to do. Get out of Dodge go take a walk in the woods and then find my center and come back as my best self to offer to the world. Don't offer your crap to the world, offer your best self to the world, right? And so are there rules within spirituality? Well, the biggest question is, depends on what tradition. If you're like me and you don't have a tradition and you're not like locked into a set of agreements, your set of agreements is highest good. What is the will of the father and the mother? Well, that's always the good, right? It's always neutrality. You're taking good and evil and neutralizing it you're transmuting energy by the way that's the high we're not trying to bring some heaven on earth here the highest goal of our physical existence right now is to neutralize energy so it can be recreated into the good right we are neutralizers here we are transmuters of energy anybody that does energy work uh or you manifest or you meditate like i do um you are transmuting energy so like somebody's like you know, they come at you and they're spewing hate in the comments or something. If you guys have seen me on a live, I'll transmute that energy all day long because I can either take it and magnify my vibration and I can become upset and anxious and angry. I'm going to prove my point. I'm going to tell this guy what, or I go, wait a minute, I'm going to, al yeah, exactly. Alchemize it, transmute it and turn it back into a neutral base that the father and the mother can recreate with. And that's exactly what we are doing as creators on this planet that's that's when you become a god by the way 
Uh, Dream Star says, I'm so glad you said that. Ultra high vibrations are chaotic. Neutrality or harmony is peace. Exactly, exactly. And I love getting in high vibration, guys. But I like doing that at the gym. Because it's just like spraying high vibes all over the walls in there. And there's already people that are high vibrating. You go into the supermarket with a high vibration, people think you're crazy. Okay? you got to bring that down to center and you got to find some peace. Okay. If you're not finding peace, then what's the point? You know, what is the point? Uh, high vibration is great. If you're manifesting, it's great. If you're doing energy work, it's great. If you're doing like a Reiki session, it's great. If you're doing stuff like that, but you have to know exactly how to control your energy and immediately, immediately, immediately bring it back to neutral, bring it back to center because you, people can't work. Most people can't work with energies that aren't neutral. Your neighbor needs neutral energy. Your neighbor needs peace, okay? You may be able to function low vibration, high vibration, root chakra to crown chakra all day long. You look like a Christmas tree light pole, just ding, 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 all over the chakras, right? I'm good at doing that. I've gotten better at doing that. Some people call that manic, by the way. Be careful with that. Uh, be careful who you tell, right? Um, and it's not. It comes from a lot of practice. Now, at first, it can hit you and you feel like a victim of it. But you get good at practicing it and knowing exactly how to bring it right back to center. So Wendy says, I don't like labels. Me too, my friend. Exactly. We are called uh, We are called sliders, LOL. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, Tony. Uh, it's just called being in love. You can't uh, live. It's just like being in love. You can't live long term with crazy butterflies and obsession. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You like you meet someone, you fall in love. There's passion. Oh, I love this person. I want to be around them all the time. And then you realize I've been with this person for 90 days straight and I don't even remember who I am. And I like to go hiking and I like to go fishing, but this person always wants to watch TV and I like our TV show, but I'm getting really tired of that. And then you start to have a panic attack because now you're all of a sudden this one frequency that you've agreed to you're stuck in and you don't know how to balance and bring it back to that neutral place. One of the, <laughs> you know, my marriage, um, we've figured out neutral zone really well, really well. How do we do life together? How do we function so that we both are served? We serve each other. We come together we're not looking for this like daily heightened level of passion. Oh, we're so in love. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Now I show my wife I love her every day. I tell her I love her every day. But I'm not looking for this like storybook romance, which is complete malarkey, by the way. Okay. The whole princess falling in love happily ever after. Okay. It's happily ever after if you choose it. Okay. But in the middle of that, you're going to go to battles. You're going to have battles with each other. You're going to have problems with money. You're going to have health problems. By the way, why do you think that your vows that you agree to are a binding contract? Okay. And this isn't against anybody. If you've been in multiple marriages or whatever, that's fine. I totally understand that. Right. Like I've been in bad relationships too. Luckily, I just never, you know, pulled the, the, the ring onto the finger fully, you know, um, I, I get it. I get it. But my point is it's been, I've been married for 11 years now. I don't even remember. And I've realized that the biggest thing about the agreement of marriage is that it's a continued agreement. You don't get out of it. You don't get out of it. You're continually in that agreement and whatever you agreed to on that day, 
you're continually in it. And if you're unhappy and things are in out of vibration, and I can tell you right now, every time that I've had marriage problems, I've looked at my wife and I, and one of us is out of agreement. We're not in agreement with what we agreed to. And we're not in agreement. It could just be, where do we eat dinner? Well, I want Chinese food. Well, I want Mexican food. You know, well, I want a hamburger, you know, well, what's the dog want? Let's let the dog break the tie. Oh, he'll eat out of the toilet. So that's good. You know, and then you realize that's where your marriage is, right? Because the agreement is off. The agreement's off. And it's not a neutral center, okay? You know, it doesn't always have to be steak dinners to be in agreement and to be simpatico in this neutral place of joy, right? That's where joy lies. Joy lies in the neutrality of being in the moment. I can go sit in the mountains and I can be at a high vibration, be like, I feel the trees. The pine cones are talking to me. There's fractals everywhere. Oh my gosh. Or I can be like, oh, life sucks. Is this where I want to be unalived? Is do I, you know, I hate my life, blah, blah, blah. Or I can just be neutral and be like, this is peaceful. Birds. And I don't have to think about anything. I can just be at peace. By the way, that's the mountain experience I want the peace, the brook babbling. And I just hear the water over and over and realize that that water does that, whether I'm here or not, it is over and over and over and over. And, and whether it's your marriage, whether it's your relationship to Jesus or Krishna or Buddha or yourself or whatever you consider it, that new neutral zone, neutrality, the beauty and the simplicity of being here now to me is the highest goal of anything. It's not, high vibe, excitement all the time, rave, my marriage is a rave, we're so passionate about each other. No, no, no. Can you just sit in a room quietly together? Can you just do life together? Can you be really badass partners together? People say, well, that's just friendship cup. You're darn right it is. Absolutely. It's a friend that I love and I'm more intimate with than any other friend I have on the planet, right? That's a whole nother level. And why have we lost that feeling for Jesus? Why have we lost that feeling for Christ? Why have we lost that feeling for ourselves? Dreamstar says a marriage is a funny outward experience of having to live with yourself and another person. Oh my gosh. Amen, my friend. Amen. Uh, yeah, that's that's the truth. By the way, I've tested myself more through my wife than any other person on this planet. I've got a day and I'm like, oh, it's good. I'm high vibe. I just went to the gym. I'm manifesting, 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 manifesting all over the place, right? I come home. My wife's like, Ugh. I'm like, hi, how are you? You know, oh, let's go on a walk. Let's go do something. Ugh, I don't want, you know, she just grunts at me like a caveman, right? It's like me testing myself. And then I'm like, oh, you know, get behind me, Satan. You know, no, 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 no. She's not being said. Yeah, she might be playing the devil for me at that moment. That just means that she's playing the tarot card of the devil. Doesn't mean she is the devil. She's just showing it back to me, right? She's like, here's your mirror, cub. You're all high vibe now. You don't even know how to balance. So I'm going to show you the other side of this coin. What's up, honeybee? How are you, my friend? What's Frank say up here? Let me grab Frank's comment. I am now taking applications for marriage. <laughs> absolutely, Frank. Absolutely. Good for you, brother. Good for you. I'm glad that you're ready. Uh, I found mine when I admitted I was ready. I took a full year off just to do me. Uh, I played music. I was in a band. I hung out with friends. I connected with people. Um, I went on the trips I wanted to. I went camping and hiking and four-wheeling, and I did all of the stuff that was purely for me. Uh, I worked on building myself as a professional. That was a big part of 
professional development skills during that time of my life. Wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't had that full. I was it was over a year off of just like I'm not dating. I'm not I'm not out looking for anybody. I'm just going to be me like I'm figure out me. It was painful for a while. Um, and about halfway through that, I realized that I wasn't adamantly seeking me. I was still waiting. Like, can I get through this time period alone? I wasn't falling in love with me and experiencing me. Uh, and that was one of the hardest things to realize. And I was like, man, I wasted a bunch of time. And then when I finally fell in love with me and found out who I was, then I finally remember one day admitting, I'm like, God, I'm actually ready now. Like I've, I've figured out a lot I needed to. And I know I'm still going to be learning a lot about myself for the rest of my life, but I'm ready for that type of person that balances me beautifully. Um, and I was actually watching Home Improvement that day. And I was like watching uh, Tim Allen on Home Improvement and the way him and Jill have this relationship. And he's such a goofball, but she balances him, but they really love each other. And it's like they just did life together. They weren't this like Hollywood couple uh, you know, where everything's so passionate all the time. It's like they were just dealing with like every mess and flood and thing that happened in their house all the time and making decisions together and coming together at the end of the day. And that's how um, good for you, Peter. Peter McGee says, I've been together for 12 years. Good for you, my friend. Uh, that's how I personally have been able to go through my marriage, right? doesn't mean it's all been puppy dogs and rainbows. I've made a lot of mistakes. She's made a lot of mistakes. Uh, we've had times where we thought we were not going to be together for very long. So, um, but it, it's worth it, right? And any agreement is worth it. And what I'm about to get into with the teachings of Jesus, these are going to wreck you guys. So I, I wanted to prepare you guys with kind of a love offering today because you guys that are single got Melissa over here. Melissa says going on five years alone. I might be ready. Exactly. Exactly. Dreamstar says that's why exes are so paramount. Uh, we despise them uh, because they're a mirror we can't cope with. Oh, amen. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like, can you love that? That's been one of the hard things for me, too. Like you, you have embarrassment and pain and hurt and all this stuff. And you realize like, well, I made a lot of decisions that opened myself up to you know, like with me speaking for me, I've a lot of things that I used to hold against my exes. I'm like, well, I just opened myself up for that. Or I was pretty crappy, you know, whiny or, you know, expected things that I wasn't, you know, wasn't really good for a new relationship or whatever, you know? Um, and so, and then realizing that like, I was expecting this, like, you know, couple in their fifties feel for marriage when I was in my twenties and that doesn't work. Right. Like I, it just wasn't, uh, what other people were looking for at the time. And so, um, yeah, it is, it's like the most potent mirror and it really sucks. Doesn't it? Um, uh, because again, it's like, look here, here's all the good, bad, and ugly about yourself. And by the way, here's all the broken dreams, by the way, here's all the things you might have in the future, but you're not going to get with that person. And it really doesn't reflect, like it reflects on you, but it's, it's just a learning opportunity. It doesn't mean anything about that you're bad or anything, right. Or that they're bad. It's just, the agreement was off, right? You know, it's like two people can dissolve a business relationship and still love each other. You can dissolve a friendship, a marriage, and still love each other. Um, it just doesn't mean that you want to spend every day together, right? And so that's, that was a hard thing too. And if you've ever tried to be friends with an ex, you know that that doesn't work out for very long because you have a lot of strong emotions, or at least one of you does, that, you know, is always going to trigger something. And so again, those are those agreements that we're about to be talking about with this kind of some of these 
sayings of Jesus that a lot of people don't talk about. So uh, Rax says, me and my wife have been together for many lifetimes. Good for you, my friend. I love that. I love that. Steven says, I was single for 10 years before I met my wife. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy, man. Yeah, um, I don't think I've ever been single for 10 years. Like uh, even growing up as like a little kid, you know, I always like had a pretend, you know, uh, you know, friend or whatever, you know, like, uh, this is my, uh, this is my wife. You know, I was always playing, uh, of course, you know, you grew up playing house, stuff like that. So, um, and I always had like an imaginary, um, partner, you know, best friend, wife, uh, whatever, you know, and, and there was never like, it was always neutral too. You know, they were, they weren't boy or girl at that time. It was just, this is my partner, you know? Um, and it was weird. I was just a weird kid that way. You know, I always had like the imaginary friend with me, uh, growing up. And so, um, but yeah, 10 years, man, good for you, brother. Talk about learning a lot about yourself, right? Like that's, that's amazing. Um, that's why I always said like, before anybody gets married, they should go. And I wish I had gone to a foreign country. Like I wish I had gone on like a full, like at least two years away to learn about me away from family, away from friends and just gotten a new, a different taste for what life is. Right. Um, if I ever have kids, um, I don't have kids currently, but if I ever do, that's one of the things I will require them to do. Like, I'm not saving for your college. You're going to Europe for two years and you're going to go do you. You're going to go learn. You're going to go um, hiking. You're going to go traveling. You're going to go study an apprentice. You're going to learn about yourself. Um, and that's what I would be offering for my child rather than college is life experience. So, um, I mean, that's an unpopular opinion for a lot of people, but for myself, that's what I would offer. So, the universe will show you absolutely. Rebecca says, in order to ascend, you must be judged. Well, um, yeah, and 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 here's the deal with that judgment. Okay, I don't believe that's an outside force. I think that is a uh, objective internal force. Uh, are you ready for heaven? Are you ready for the next realm? Are you ready for five D? Most of us aren't ready for five D, much less six, seven, eight, nine, ten dimensions. Right? We've been going through this whole study on second book of Enoch, one of the least read books of Enoch, fantastic, fantastic book. Um, and you know, can you judge yourself? Right. Um, I'm ready. Okay. What I, what did I say to Frank a minute ago? When I, when I found my wife, I finally, you know, at the time I'm talking to God outside of myself, but I'm, I said, I'm ready. I'm ready. I made the agreement. I judged myself in that moment, guys. And immediately the universe shows up three freaking days later. I'm not kidding, guys. I get a message on Facebook from this girl that I was going to be doing a show with at the theater I worked at um, just over a, a chocolate cake, just a random thing. You know, she had made a chocolate cake. And, you know, I'm like, that looks good. Like on Facebook, I just commented, you know, just like I do going down the feed. Wasn't trying to like drop in her DMs or whatever the kids do now. I just made a comment and then she's like, oh, you should come have a piece. You know, it's going to be up in the studio this afternoon. I was like, oh, great. Well, maybe there'll be some left. I'll be there tomorrow. We're starting rehearsal for this show. And she's like, oh, I'm in this show. And I'm like, oh, really? Oh, cool. 
And I'm like, yeah, I'm the stage manager for it. She's like, awesome. Well, you know, I'll see you there and I'll have a piece of cake with you. And I'm like, okay, cool. Boom. Like we, we like met, started talking. Uh, she was friends with my ex as well, like weird situation. And then we hit it off. And then what is it like six months later, we were married. So, um, and here I am. So I'm telling you, it's your agreement. Okay. Quit thinking somebody outside of yourself has to judge you. You got to go through this whole thing and sit in front of a throne and stuff. That's imagery made up in the esoteric teaching a spiritual truth. Okay. That you're going to sit in front of yourself. Okay. You're going to have to look at everything you've engaged in, in every lifetime and judge yourself. Okay. And if you can't make the agreement now that I'm ready for marriage and believe it, then what are you doing? Right. Then you have no agreement with yourself. You're just waiting for the, something to show up outside of yourself because you have no confidence in moving yourself forward. Kimmy says, come as you are, uh, whoever's going to be ready, quote unquote, if you want to be perfect, uh, go give all your money away. That's what Jesus said. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, he wasn't just talking about money there. Um, yeah, he was talking about money too, but he's talking about give your old life away, literally. Again, everything Jesus said was not even, I don't think he meant anything, literally. I think it was all allegory. Everything that Jesus spoke, all allegory. I'm going to show you exactly how that's true here in a minute, by the way, in my humble opinion. Um. So what, what, huh, this has kind of been a rabbit trail today, but it's been really good because it is the power of agreement because what I'm going to get into before I read the scriptures today is the word, and you're going to love this, Ashley, the word believe. Okay. It comes from an old English word, belifon, belifon, which means to have faith or confidence in. Do you believe in yourself or do you believe in God? Most people right now, you don't believe in either. Okay. I believe in God. Really? But you don't know if you can pay the bills next week. You, you don't have a whole lot of faith if you're worried. If you got fear to have faith or confidence in. You don't really have confidence in God because you're still worried about the bills. You're still worried about, am I going to meet my soulmate? You're still worried about, um, you know, where am I going to live? You're still worried about, well, is this person still like me? You're still worried about whatever. I'm just going through all of my stuff that I've, I've ever worried about, right? Uh, you probably have your own stuff. But I want to break this word believe down in a really simple, modern way in the English, the angel language, the magic language that we use every single day here in the United States and in England. English. Be, leave. Believe. Be and live. Those are the two words that we can extrapolate from the word believe. Okay, to be in the context of belief, to be the be and believe suggests the state of existence or being. It implies a sense of identity and presence. How many of you, when someone says, do you believe in God? Yeah, I think there's, I think there's a creator or I believe the Old Testament or I believe the New Testament or I believe Jesus is God or whatever. How many of you guys stand in that? How many of you exist in that state of being as an identity or a presence within you? I'm going to tell you right now, my hand is not raised. And to live, 
The inclusion of live in the breakdown of believe implies action and experience. To live is to engage actively with life, to embody one's beliefs, to be live through actions, choices, and experiences. It goes beyond mere intellectual acceptance and involves incorporating those beliefs into the fabric of one's life. I will give you the secret right now to how they, the construct, the matrix, the world, the beast, whatever you want to call it, tricks you every single day into trading their definition of belief for the authentic definition, which is to be and to live. You got to become something and live something. And this is exactly what Jesus taught. But they have given you a definition that says, if you believe, you have faith in, okay? No, no, no. If you believe, then what do you think about this? Not what do you do about it? How do you live about it? And how do you practice it, okay? You do not love me because you do not do that which I have told you to do. Jesus. Right? It's hard to stand up and be live. I do. I walk and I talk, Tony says. Good for you, my friend. 12 years for me, borderless mind. Good for you, my friend. I've learned to walk as if Christ is within me and every person I meet. Amen, my friend. Good job, Joshua. Good for you, brother. Good for you. God is consciousness books by Vegas says. Dreamstar says, I've been in the foxhole and proved to my own self that my faith was real. No one can take that. That's exactly what I'm talking about, Ashley. Exactly, Dreamstar. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, if you're not in it, if you're not in that foxhole with yourself, and you don't have the battle scars to show up and say, oh yeah, this is real. You don't know what you're talking about. And I would I would beg that 99.9% .9 of people that claim any belief system have zero experience in that foxhole. Okay, if you can't go to the front line being and living Christ, do you believe in Christ? Oh, yeah, I believe in Christ. I believe in Jesus. No, no, no. I didn't ask you about Jesus. I said, do you believe in Christ? Oh, yeah, I, I believe in, uh, yeah, sure, in Christ. No, no, no. I mean, do you become and live Christ? That's what I mean when I say, what do you believe? What do you become and what do you live? Refining the heart, absolutely. Houses of the Holy, Wendy says. Dark night of the soul, Honeybee says. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Martin. Love you, brother. Appreciate the roses. I haven't even asked for them today. You guys are rocking it. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for the roses and the stars and everything. Those tips really help me grow. I'm about to jump in uh, and read the scriptures here. Like We're going to dive deep and read these scriptures. Uh, and I hope that they're going to change the way that you think about things. I know they're going to change the way I think about it. If you're ready to be wrecked, buckle up. Here we go. Don't forget to support my channel with virtual gifts. Stars on Facebook. You can pre-purchase stars um, at the exchange rate there. And you can gift them to creators like myself. If you love myself and other creators, be sure and give them stars or other virtual gifts on TikTok, on Facebook, on Twitter, on youtube all over the place now they're doing all these virtual gifts so wherever you're at whether it's on tiktok martin thank you saria thank you so much you guys on facebook that drop stars all the time thank you thank you thank you if this is your first time to the channel and you appreciate it and you're like dude i like that this guy is just dropping authentic knowledge and understanding of what 
his own path is and the paths of others, then please consider gifting, tipping, whatever you want to call it through these virtual gifts. They're a great way to support what I'm doing. Thank you guys so much. All right, let's dive down the rabbit hole. Number one of the seven sayings of Jesus that will wreck you. That which enters into the mouth doesn't defile the man, but that which proceeds out of the mouth, this defiles the man. Matthew 15, 11. Okay, let's get deep on this, guys. What does this mean? He's not just talking about dietary law here. Okay, he's not talking about, uh, you know, should I eat pork or not pork? Should I eat chicken? Should I be a vegetarian? Should I be, you know, should I eat holistically? Should I eat hamburgers? Should I eat fast food? Should I whatever? Guys, we should ourselves every day. Stop shooting yourself. Um, you know, the, there you go. Buzzer for confirmation on the dryer there. When we should ourselves all the time, that's, I think, what this is talking about. Okay. What he's simply saying here is you will know yourself by what you say. You're a channel of the divine and every language every language on the planet is built from a framework of magic, angelic language, okay? If you don't believe me on that, that's fine. You can go look at Latin. You can go look at Hindu or Sanskrit. Go look at uh, Egyptian. Go look at Sumerian tablets. Go look at uh, English and uh, go look at... Um, I don't even know what are the other languages out there, you know. Uh, go look at all of them. Go look at French. Go look at uh, German. Go look at Japanese and Chinese. They're all built on magical agreements. Every time you say something, you're you're creating a spell. Now, how is that possible, Cub? There's so many languages. Because everything comes from sound, okay? And we're making sound. And when you vibrate something, you're making an agreement with it. When you make a sound into something, you beat a drum, boom. It doesn't matter what culture you're in. You hear a low, you hear that drum, okay, you know it's on, okay? The battle has begun, okay? You know it's time. The march is on, okay? You don't have to ask. You don't go, oh, it's dinner time. Ma's calling me. No, no, no. That's not what that low drum means, okay? You know what that means. There are certain vibrations and sound that trigger the same exact emotion no matter what language spoken in, okay? And so why was the Tower of Babel so important? Because when we were split up into languages, whether you believe this is literal or esoteric, our agreements were broken because we don't always understand the other person's agreement. Therefore, it's impossible for two people to fully agree to something that they don't understand, right? This is something that's been debated since the beginning of time. Just go read your agreement every time you get an update on your phone, right? And think about, do I really agree to that? Yeah, well, you don't want to do that. So when two people don't understand something like this, that's where the language barrier comes in. But what Jesus is really saying here is you will know exactly who you are by the spoken words, by the spells you cast, by the agreements you create, okay? And it's, it's really a simple thing that he was talking about here. Quit arguing about what goes in your mouth. Oh, I got to eat this. I got to eat that. You know, uh, what am I reading? And this is also esoteric too, because oftentimes these traditions will talk about the scroll and eating the scroll and the words are sweet as honey. He's, I think he's honestly even saying here, it doesn't even matter what you're reading. It matters what you're creating. Okay. 
Go watch a crappy TV show. I don't care what you put in you. It's what comes out of you. The quickest way to get what comes out of you to be better and more pure and more understanding and more loving is to put better stuff in you. I do agree to that. If you go watch a bunch of trashy TV, you're going to start speaking the things that you're watching, right? You're going to just reprogram yourself. But what's coming out of you organically is going to be the best read for who you really are. You can go listen to me talk 10 years ago. Listen to me talk right now. You could tell Cub wasn't confident. Cub wasn't happy. Cub was angry. Cub was depressed. Cub pretends to be happy. But you look at me now and you go, oh, this is authentic. You can feel it. You just feel the vibration coming off of me, right? And I'm not perfect. I'm not one for one every day. Cub's perfect, authentic every day. There's some days I have to make myself do this. And it takes me an hour to get to get real, to get to real talk, right? But I show up every day. So I'm just continuing to pour out of me the authentic cub. And as I hear it and feel it and you hear it and feel it, I continue to adjust continue to do work within myself, continue to think about what did I, what did I say? How did that feel? What did it do? Right? Saria says, you have a beautiful, authentic vibration. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. I did not always have that. I did not always have that. In fact, three years ago, I was working within the church construct, thought I was happy, thought I was doing God's work. It wasn't until I got away from that, until I went, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is, this is the real me. This is, this is who I want to be. I saw who I wanted to be over here. And I knew I had to make a shift to get to that person. And it wasn't anyone else that did it to me. It wasn't even the construct. I mean, it, it's easy to blame the construct. It's, you know, in Gnosticism, somebody posted the other day, it's easy to blame the archons are doing it. In Christianity, the devil is doing it, you know. It's always something else. It's you. It's you. It's you. It makes me happy that you're so happy, Wendy says. Thank you so much, my friend. Um, Wendy says, exactly. Jesus is the first Mason alchemy teacher, Mithra, Hermes in Egypt. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's everything, right? He's Thoth. He's Anki. He's Loki. He's he's the archetype of the trickster. He's the archetype of the light bearer. He's the archetype of uh, the one that sacrifices for humanity, whatever that might be. You know, Loki sacrificed for humanity. You can go watch some of the new Marvel properties and see that myth played out. Pretty interesting stuff, guys. Well, oh, that's blasphemy. Cub just said Jesus is low. Guys, I'm just saying he's he's whatever he needs to be. Quit putting a limiter on Jesus. Jesus doesn't need a muffler. You don't need to you don't need to limit, oh, he was this, he was only this. He was everything. He was every he said, Who do you say I am? Books by Vegas says, Yeah, I've got a similar story. I had to leave religion to develop a relationship with the Father. Amen, my friend. Zeus, Thor, Thoth. Exactly. Exactly. There's my wife coming in. Let me shut the door real quick. Um, because we got six more verses to pound through here. So let me let me jump on them here. All right, Luke six four five. Loving the comments today, guys. Thank you guys so much for the support. Thanks for showing up on a Tuesday at one twenty one. Palindrome number on the clock right now one two one for confirmation. Thank you guys. 
The good man out of the treasure of his heart brings out that which is good. And the evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings out that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Real simple, right? Real simple. What do you think it says about you when you go out and you tell someone that they need to change who they are and accept a person outside of themselves for their salvation because they're really crappy and we're all crappy and we all need something outside of ourselves? What do you think? What do you think that means? It's 222 here with 22 people in the room. Dude, I love that. 222. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Chinza. Thank you, Joshua. I love it. I love it. Yeah, this is a good one today. By the way, 22 is my favorite number. It's been my favorite number ever since I was a kid. Um, I used to write it on paper all the time. I just liked how it looked. I liked how it felt. I resonate with it. I don't know why. 22 is my number. Uh, Tony says, thanks for doing this, Cub. So, out of his mouth, he speaks. So, when you go tell someone, hey, you know, I love you. What What is that whole... that that BS, the belief system that comes out of the church all the time, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin. You know, Jesus told you not to hate anything, by the way. Maybe the sin's not real. Maybe we're all good. Maybe we're all God. And maybe the agreements we make could be updated, sure. But maybe it's time to start loving each other. Maybe it's time to start speaking life over people okay you guys notice in every description i fly a rainbow that rainbow has nothing to do with noah's ark i could give two flips about noah's ark that's a myth get over it god didn't put a rainbow in the sky to tell you that he loves you now and he's not going to destroy the world again the god that did that is not a god you want if that god's real you don't want anything to do with him You do want something to do with Anki, who gave the warning. You do want something to do with Christ or Krishna or Buddha. You do want something to do with the fact that we are all the rainbow and that light, when it hits a prism or a crystal, splits into multiple colors, into seven core colors. The chakra, Roy G. Biv, all versions of humanity. Okay, We are all the zodiac. Why do you think there were 12 apostles? It's all allegorical. It's all esoteric. Quit taking it literally. Quit thinking every time you look up and see a rainbow. God promised he wouldn't flood. Guys, that is that is one version of the myth, and there is no other version of the myth that has that in it. Okay. Now, if you look in the aboriginal myth, that is the sky serpent, the rainbow sky serpent, the creator of all things. That stretches itself out in the heavens to remind us all that we were created by it. What were we created by? Light. Where did light come from? The Big Bang. What was the Big Bang? The father and the mother getting together and sparking in the dark become light. A.K.A. the word of God. A.K.A. Christ. A.K.A. all of us. I'm telling you guys, mic drop on that the other day. Like... The father is energy. The mother is the wave. You get them together and they make visible light. That's the child. That's you and me. That's what we think is real here. 
that's the point of origin. That is where life comes from, right? And we're going to continue to seek that to try to understand that for the rest of time. But those that know, know. Thank you so much, Kenny. I appreciate the stars, man. Mikkel says, you're the man cub. Thank you. Lucky Sarah Waters says it's a metaphor. Absolutely. It's all metaphor. It's all metaphor. Uh, Maurice, great question. How do I feel about Billy Carson and his views? Huge, huge Billy Carson fan. Okay. Billy Carson gets a lot of stuff. I think nail on the head. Some of the stuff Billy Carson talks about, I don't a hundred percent agree with, especially his biblical knowledge. Um, I've studied the Bible for 30 plus years and I mean, deep studies. I mean, I've got like every translation of the Bible. I've been reading it backwards and forwards and upside down. And, uh, I've read it uh, under the influence. I've read it not under the influence. I've read it in church. I've read it in the mountains. I've guys, I've gone deep on biblical, uh, connections and i've finally come to the point of they're, they're all esoteric it's all esoteric <clears throat> um or it's ancient astronaut theory and we had a bunch of aliens visiting the earth that got worshipped and then you get people like jesus who's like hey quit worshiping the aliens and realize that you were created by them and you have the god sauce in you and you can ascend and you can actually bring the father and the mother together and become the child and the whole story of christ is your story Either and or, right? Chenzo says yes. So love Billy Carson. Love, love, love his work. I actually love how he combines spirituality and hustle and everything. And that's one of the things I'm trying to do. I'm about to do some videos in the new year that I've never really done before. We're going to attack your finances is one thing we're going to do. Whether you want to hear that or not, like if that rubs you the wrong way, you're who I'm doing this video series for, okay? If you're going to be spiritual, you need to be in control of your finances. If you're going to be spiritual, you need to be in control of your relationships. Okay. You can't control the other person, but you can certainly control your attitude and how you view them. You ever notice when you tell your wife she's beautiful, she's actually more beautiful? You ever notice when you tell your husband he's so supportive that he's actually supportive? Okay. Because you've made an agreement with yourself first off, and that has resonated beyond you. So all of this ties together. And I love how Billy Carson does that. So yeah, really, really big fan of his work. Actually would love to collaborate with him one of these days. Maybe when I'm a little bit bigger, when we hit that milli mill, we get the millions. Maybe we'll get there. Maybe we can collab with him. I would love to. Because I've got questions for him. I love that he's been to these sites. I mean, my knowledge pales in comparison. He's He's seen the rock. He's touched the sand where these events took place. There's no way I can have the same knowledge for someone uh, w in that light, right? Now, again, when it comes to the biblical, especially the message of Jesus, I think that that's one of the things that sets my channel apart is I know the essence of that better than a lot of people pretend to, okay? And it's because I've deconstructed it because I'm not, he doesn't need to be my savior. Uh, he also doesn't need to just be a guy. For me, he's my brother. For me, he's me. He's part of me. He's you too, right? And so like that I think gives a, a different flavor to our channel. And I think what gives the flavor to Billy's channel is again, he combines that hustle. He's helping people out of really destructive patterns in their life. There's the dog opening the door again. Um, and then he's talking about like really, really ancient mysteries that 
nobody knows about, but he's been there. He's put his hands on these tablets. He's gone into parts of the pyramids that you can't go into. He has knowledge that you and I may never have. I mean, maybe one of these days I get to do the same travels. But again, I think my work is aligned in a slightly different different uh, angle here, a little bit of a different niche, if you will. So, um, okay, I got to pound through these because I got to take my wife to lunch here. She got all, like, like a half day today. She's a teacher. So I owe her a lunch. She's tired and she's worked very hard. And I want to try to try to say thanks for, for everyone. Uh, guys, if you have kids and you have a teacher, thank them, get them, get them a, a lunch or movie tickets or something for the last day of school. Cause they, they deserve it. Neither will they say, look here or look there for behold, God's kingdom is within you. Luke 17, 21. By the way, this is actually what it says. Okay. Do not let your pastor tell you that it says within your midst. Okay. That is one translation of it. The actual direct core, true, authentic meaning is within you. Okay. Jesus was not telling people to look for the kingdom of God. He said it was within them. Okay. This is from the canonical scriptures. I did not use anything today outside of the canonical scriptures other than the Bhagavad Gita. So I didn't use Gospel of Thomas for any of these. I know a lot of you guys don't dig Gospel of Thomas because it's not canonical. And if you're deconstructing, you still probably want to stay within the canonical scriptures or what's within the Bible. And I respect that. That's totally cool. So for me, he's telling us here, he's not saying, look for this cube coming out of the sky. He's not saying, I'll go look for Jesus coming. He's not saying, look for the second coming. Like, you know, you're going to sit in 131 on the clock, by the way, guys. I don't know. I keep seeing those palindromes today. Um, He's not telling you, go look up, go look here, go look there. In fact, he literally said, neither will they say, look here or look there for behold, God's kingdom is within you. It does not come with visible signs, he said. Okay, and then you get millions of people, billions of people telling you to look for the kingdom of God to come, to return. Okay, there's no return. It's revealed because it's been here all along. It's within you. Thomas is my favorite gospel. Absolutely, Rax. Absolutely. Two, three, one for me, Tony said. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, that's a hugely controversial one. When you grasp what that means, by the way, It'll change your life. I don't mean a little bit. I mean, it will wreck your life. And then you're going to have to rebuild it. Because when you realize I have not, because I don't even want it, I have everything I want, all the challenges I have in life, somehow I wanted, I manifest them, I created them. Because I needed to learn. Because I felt like I needed to be purified more. I need to learn something. Guys, That'll it'll wreck you. It will wreck you. The kingdom of God is within you. The reign of God, the rule of God is within you. Yet you keep praying outside of yourself or you keep trying to do things. I got to do a ritual. I got to do this. I got to go pray. I got to go read the book. I got to go. I got to get spiritual today. No, you just need to know. You need to be and live it. Be, leave. Be and live. Are you guys vibing with me today? I'm not trying to preach. This is just really on my heart today. Like... Like we got to get our belief systems right, okay? And most of the time those are way off, right? Because we're trying to have faith in something rather than become and live something. That's the whole point I'm trying to make today. Therefore, I tell you all things, whatever you pray and ask for, believe that you have received them and you shall have them. 
So believe. So should you have faith in them? No, don't have faith in anything. Become it and live it. Okay. Become and live that you have received them and you shall have them. Okay. How do you really manifest something? Okay. You have to know it. You have to feel it. And then you have to take action on it. Okay. So I know I feel, and I take action. Like I have millions of people, like I have 10 million followers worldwide. I know I feel and I take action every day like the world's eyes are on me. Like the biggest creators in the world, the biggest celebrities are going to want to collaborate with me, have me on their shows, have me on their podcasts. Okay. I take action. I feel it and I know it because I become it and I live it. And that is where my reality is going. I promise you guys. I promise you. You just wait. The only thing right now is we are in this soul trap of time, okay? The only way to transcend time is to step out of the body, be here now, and that's part of the manifestation process where I go through and I experience, I flash forward in time and I experience being on Joe Rogan. I experience being on television. I experience speaking at huge conferences in front of 100,000 people. I experience my video going viral on YouTube and getting that big shiny award, getting my hundred thousand and then my million follower award and having all of these things, all of these things. I feel it. I feel the energy right now of that plaque, that YouTube plaque on the wall. I feel the energy right now of looking at my bank account and seeing seven figures in it at any given time that I can't even spend enough to get it below seven figures. Cause it's always there. Okay. Oh, Cub, you're talking about money. You're talking about 3D things. You're darn right I am because our three-dimensional does not match our spiritual because nobody's there spiritually. I promise you if everyone had started living like Jesus and everyone had started acting like him, everybody would have had more than enough. Everybody would have been living like kings. Everybody would have been abundant and everybody would have been shifting into the five-dimensional reality right here, right now. And as it is, we have these things that we live in called constructs. And rather than being constricted by them, pay your dues in them, play the cards, and transcend. And realize it's a game. And if you want to play the game, if you've got to play the game, you better play the game well, right? That's the way I look at it, so. Um... Yeah, absolutely. Your, and your ego is not stupid, by the way, Jacob. Love the comment. Uh, the ego is not stupid. The ego is a tool, okay? When the hammer starts running your life, that's an issue. When you use the hammer or the drill well to build a house, to build a spiritual fortress, that's a good thing. And those that meditate and spend a lot of time with themselves realize that the ego is merely looked down upon by a lot of traditions not because it's bad, but because it's been overrunning the self for so long. Again, you know, if you're a contractor and you're like, I'm only going to use the drill and you're building a house and it's like, um, yeah, but we need glue. We need nails. We need sheetrock. We need all of these things. And you're only going to use one tool. That's going to be really hard to build that house. But if you use that tool and you put that in the toolbox with other tools and you realize that I'm in control of that tool and I will use that tool as I see fit rather than it running me and twisting your arm off, that is a wise man. 
in my humble opinion. You, I got you, brother Jacob. Thank you. You share my namesake. So love you, my friend. Christopher M says a huge trick is getting uh, others to see your dream for you within themselves. And then we are all co-creators in each other's reality. Uh, I see you with Joe Rogan. Thank you, Christopher. I appreciate that. Yeah, mass agreement is huge, by the way. I'll tell y'all a little secret. Why are they showing you movies right now that are talking about a huge shift, that are talking about internet shutdowns, talking about banking problems, talking about civil unrest? Because they want your agreement. And if and when they have any trigger events, they want your agreement that that's how you're going to act. But for the flip flip side, truth has to be shown. And even in predictive programming, truth is still there because the logos is still there. And so those with eyes to see and ears to hear, there's other secret messages in there, a.k.a. how does one certain archetype, which is you in those movies, handle things to transcend? I watched the Barbie movie this weekend. Absolutely loved it, by the way. Saw so much truth in it. But I've got people in my life, they watch it and they're like, oh, that was the worst movie. They're just trying to sell us all plastic stuff, whatever. They saw something completely different because it's a mirror. I see Christ in the Barbie movie. I see equality and love and I see building a better world by people getting to know themselves. That's what I saw. Barbie was so funny. Laura says, oh God, it was hilarious, by the way. And I'm a big musical guy. I come from a theater background. So I'm a huge musical Love musical theater, and the director of this clearly had a lot of musical theater background. It's fantastic. There we go. There's a glitch. I don't know why we got a glitch. Glitches are good, I guess. That means we're making a rift in the matrix, y'all. Drop some roses if you got them. Where are we? We're at uh, one, two, two of 3,000. Guys, bump it up to 3,000 if you could. Make my Christmas bright. I appreciate it. That's only 30 bucks. Like, literally, that's only 30 bucks for me. Um, it really, really helps me if I can make that on every platform. It really helps me for the day, make my quota. You know, I have my own quota. Like, you know, it's like me going to work. I, if I can make my, my paycheck on tips, then I can have our memberships. We have all our other stuff and it's a really great deal. Uh, but it's really important for me to make my tips every day. So thank you. Thank you guys. I appreciate that. Therefore, I tell you all things, whatever you pray and ask for, believe that you have received them and you shall have them. Burn that one on your heart. Become and live them so that you shall have them. Become and live them so that you shall have them. Second to last here, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is sound, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is evil, your body will be full of darkness. If therefore light... If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? He's talking about third eye activation here. He's also talking about ceasing to see duality. Stop seeing good and evil and start seeing oneness. And when you do that, it actually produces light. He's literally talking about quantum theories here, okay? Literally talking about the father and the mother, energy and wave. Combine them into one. What happens? You manifest light, light particles. Energy wave particle, father, mother, child. This is God, okay? And when that eye becomes single, 
and you begin to see without duality and bring all things together into the neutrality that I was talking about earlier with Ashley, that's when you're manifesting light. Become a light bearer, right? Guys, I got one more verse that again will blow your mind. It's a bit of a mic drop I want to share here at the end. I promised you I'd talk about it. If you're interested at all in the private community, if you love what I'm talking about, you want to chat more with me, with the community, we've got a chat room in there. We have Zoom calls every Saturday, plus there's Mixer Zoom calls on Wednesday nights that are community run. You can meet a lot of new people. We've got a family-friendly, open-minded, loving community. Um, it all supports what I'm doing here. We call it our Mythos community. We also have the Mythos Academy, two different memberships. They're both half price right now on sale for $7 and $28 respectively. The Academy uh, membership for Mythos includes 500 plus video trainings, tons and tons and tons of data in there, uh, all built around what I'm teaching here. You guys will absolutely love it. Um, I will bring that QR code back up. All you have to do is hit up www.cubkuker.com. You're going to see my website. It looks just like this over here. You can scroll down. You'll see my verification badge there. Again, cubkuker.com. You'll see the Mythos option here, $7 monthly, or I'll give you two months free at only $69 a year. Then you get down to the Mythos Academy membership, $28 monthly, or I'll give you two months free here at $279 a year. Again, they're on half price right now. I'm about to close them out at Christmas, okay? If you want in, give yourself a Christmas present. You can cancel anytime if you don't love it. No questions asked. Just please consider joining now because once I close these, these, these won't be open. Like you can't come to me and be like, Hey, I meant to get in because they're literally, when I change the price, it locks everybody in at that price that got in. And then all the new people have to pay the higher price. So it won't be 50% off at that point. I was only doing this. I don't plan on doing 50% off again, because I don't really believe in like just lower prices to sell. That wasn't the goal with this. I just wanted to meet some number markers. I wanted to really fill out our community and reward the people that have been following for a while. So if you're interested at all in joining deeper into what I'm doing, get access to the private content over there, insider videos, uh, weekly virtual meetups. Um, and then if you do want to upgrade, you can get the Academy membership. So you choose, you only need one of them, but you guys choose what works for you. It's a great way to support what I'm doing and go deeper www.cubcooker.com. Thank you guys so much. That's all I'll say about that. Um, I just wanted to drop that for today. So thank you guys so much for the support. Our last verse right here is, uh, is fantastic. Again, I think it, it really is the mic drop moment for the day here, because this has been a great episode. Thank you guys so much for your support. But you, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Matthew 9, 13. Now, the reason this is so controversial, when you hear this in church, the NIV, the King James Version, the Christian Standard Bible, all of the modern translations, and even the pre-modern ones, they say, to repentance. 
the Greek manuscripts do not have the word repentance in it. They don't even allude to the idea of repentance. What Jesus is literally saying here is, I did not come for sacrifices. I, don't, I think what he's actually saying here is he didn't even come to be a sacrifice. Like I would go that far. I know that's highly controversial, but for me, I think he's getting into some deep water here. I came to call the righteous. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Remember how obsessed people were with being righteous, right with God. And we're going to look at this here real quick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Sinners, sinful, depraved, detestable. So he came to call. If you've ever felt like that, if you've ever felt like, oh, I missed the mark. I'm a sinner. I've done things wrong. Great. Good for you. Well, you're exactly who he came to call. You're exactly who you're supposed to be. And hope you guys receive that today. Because for me, this is a lot of comfort, but also a lot of truth. He's not telling you to repent. He's not even telling you to change. He's just saying, I came to call sinners. I didn't come to call people that were perfect or right with God. He just came to call sinners. And this is a dichotomy because he says other things that feel like they go against this. But for me, I think this might be one of the biggest faux pas that have been made when it came to translating this because in so many translations, it says to repentance because heaven forbid we just say that he came to call sinners because that would include everyone, right? No, no, no. He only came to call people that decide to turn around and walk after him, follow him as a person. Well, maybe he just came to call sinners who are merciful and loving and equitable. So that's the message for today, guys. I don't know about you, but I think those were pretty wrecking. I think if we actually look at those and apply them to our lives and we stop believing and start becoming and living to be, live, believe, then maybe that'll actually change our lives. Maybe that'll actually change our families and our relationships. Maybe it'll change the way we look in the mirror. Keep the love, Maurice says. Empaths, Rebecca says. Hey, family, Molly says, thank you for being here. Just got off a plane in Albuquerque. Good for you, my friend. Yeah, I'm doing an early one today because my wife's off and we're going to do some stuff. So Dreamstar says, love it. Martin says, good word. Thank you, guys. Wendy says, thank God we don't get our head cut off anymore for what we believe in. Amen. Well, not literally, maybe figuratively, but I've been there. So love you guys. Thank you so much. It's all esoteric. He sacrifices flesh to allow his spirit to ascend. Crucify means to increase. Yeah, absolutely. It's all esoteric. Equitable. I like that. Just posted about self-worth. Absolutely. Yeah, Martin, go check out the the verse where he says, um, uh, seek first the kingdom, the Basalia, the reign of God, um, and his righteousness, because the word righteous there is equitable or equality. So yeah, that won't blow your mind. Uh, and then all these things will be added. When you literally start to see all as the self, all as one, uh, in Krishna, I had a great Krishna quote from the Bhagavad Gita, but I don't know what I did with it, where he talks about equality with all animals. When you see God as every animal and you treat all animals and plants and people fairly and justly and with equitable um, 
actions, then then you are actually entering the Brahman. You are entering the God, um, the God zone, if you will. I'm completely paraphrasing, but I'll try to find that. But it's a beautiful quote from the Bhagavad Gita, and I think it ties in beautifully to what Jesus was saying here. So, anyway, I hope you guys, uh, Maurice, stay well, keep pushing, absolutely. Thank you guys so much. God bless you. I love you all. You have a beautiful day. Namaste. Don't forget, come on, join the Mythos group. We'd love to have you guys. All you got to do is scan. All you got to do is scan. Uh, Love to have you before I close that out. It will be worth every penny when I bring it back with the price increase. But if you want to lock in at the lower price, get it now before Christmas. I love you guys. If you have any questions about how to join or which one is right for you, message me and I will get back to you. Just message me Mythos question and I'll see it and I'll make sure I get back to you and it'll cut through all the spam and stuff. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all have a beautiful day. God bless you. Thank you, Shelly. Thank you, Maurice. Thank you, Molly. Thank you, Honeybee. Thank you, Martin. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Dreamstar. Who else did we have? Uh, Wendy, Christine. Thank you guys, Jacob. Y'all are awesome. I love you all. Y'all have a beautiful day. Peace.